Welcome to Gunner Trash, episode 336, Dark Knight, a true Batman story. My name is Eric. And I am Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, Eric. Hello, Edna. <laughs> Hello, Edna. Our guest for the night. <laughs> uh, who knew that she would respond to the sound of our voices? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it usually doesn't happen. But nope. Try to call her over or whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> it's been a while since Ed's been a guest on the show. It's been, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome back. Yeah. So, uh, so that means that uh, we're recording at your mom's house. That's right. Uh, so, so we have uh, our good guest and our bad guest with us today. <laughs> the good one is uh, curled up behind me right now, sleeping soundly. And the other one is... Uh, Chewing things. Right. Yeah, my mom's just curled up sleeping right behind you. Yep. It's not creepy at all. We like to record while my mom's sleeping in her room. <laughs> well, it's kind of nice to have Mrs. Young here with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're talking about uh, my 18-year-old kitty cat, Mr. Yeah. Goo. I mean, talking about old people. Yeah, he's older than my mom and us both put together. Oh, yeah. Well, if you do the, you know, the, the, the conversion, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a, an article circulating on the internet this past week of a uh, a cat who is 31 years old. Are you kidding? I am not. It's not like some sort of jungle beast that's like a house cat. It is a house cat. And uh, if you were to see the picture of it. You would see a picture of a cat who just is praying for death. Oh my gosh. Like, he just looks miserable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, there, there's just, like, one perfect shot of him just looking straight at the camera. And it is just the sign of someone who is just tired of living. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the kitty. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh. Yeah, well, my, well, my cat—he's fine with living. He's still, he still—he seems pretty good so far. He still yeah. plays and yeah. you know, he has a good time. Yeah, he's kind of slow and, and sleeps a lot. And eats a lot. He eats a lot. Yeah, but no, he's, he's pretty spry for for oh, yeah. eighteen yeah, for yeah. a cat. Yeah, I think when I was eighteen, I wasn't even as spry as he is. <laughs> Nor I. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're, we read a comic. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> no. Doesn't? It's Dark Knight Strikes Again. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> In this episode, we, we watch Lynn Varley learn how to color with Photoshop. <laughs> and then get divorced by Frank Miller. <laughs> You think it was because of the coloring jump? <laughs> you think it's what it was? Uh, may have played a factor. He's like, that's why this book is terrible. Yep. It's the coloring. It's uh, not uh, everything else. Oh, well, yeah, the coloring didn't help. Well, no. <laughs> but I mean, you know, yeah, you can't, you can't really put a suit on a chimp and send it to the, <laughs> the party. And it, like, even if she did a stellar job, it right. still would have been Dark Knight Strikes again. Yep. 
Yeah, well, maybe it's just the Dark Knight franchise itself, because Dark Knight 3 is, by all means, terrible, and he has minimal involvement in I, that. You know, I, like... Like, I I didn't even, like, make a conscious decision not to read that book. I was just like, well, clearly I can't read that book. You know, it's just like... <laughs> like, I haven't even investigated it to see if maybe I should read it. Right. It was just... And I haven't, like, you know... I don't feel strongly about I shouldn't read it. I just it just seems obvious I shouldn't read it. Right. You know? It just seems like oh I shouldn't walk into that manhole. <laughs> you know I'm not like gonna protest that there's an open manhole. Right. I just I'm not gonna walk into that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean it must have its fans. It sells really well. Because uh, you know last month when I went to see uh, Brian Azzarello at uh, Cincy Comic Con. Uh, People were bringing the hardcover editions of oh, yeah. those issues. To have them sign them. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is a good writer. Oh, right? sure. And, uh, yeah. But but usually when, when he's sort of doing his own thing, it's yeah. like his best. Right. Which is why I'll be reading Moonshine as soon as I get my copy of that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, which is uh, him reteaming finally with... Uh, Edward Rizzo on, mm-hmm. on a new ongoing book. That's awesome. Yeah. Those, those guys are like, you know. They're a really good team. <clears throat> yeah. Like, like, they, they, they help each other shine. Exactly. Moonshine, even. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, like, they've done a bunch of stuff together. Oh, yeah. yeah they, everything that they wind up doing together is stellar. Right. I never read, what was it, Johnny Double? Or yeah, it? Johnny Double's great. I never read First time. They ever worked together, I think. How was it? Yeah. I read 100 Bullets. Uh, I read the first issue of Moonshine. Yeah. But, yeah. Then uh, I think they had that Batman story in uh, Wednesday Comics. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And, uh... uh I was going to say something about other like stellar teams of comics, but uh, we shouldn't talk about them. No. We we should talk about Eduardo Rizzo, because he drew the comic that we read today. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not... And that came up organically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, as organically as we can actually. Oh, of course. Yeah. Muster. But... No, we did not read Dark Knight Strikes Again, or even Dark Knight Returns. Or Dark Knight the Master Race. No. We just read Dark Knight. <laughs> yes. Uh, with an N, not a K. Right. And, uh, Knights, is... that is. Hmm? The Knights, that is. Yes. Uh, and it is a true Batman story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> sort of. And it's the first Vertigo Batman story, I believe. I believe so, yes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, written by Paul Denny and uh, illustrated lovingly by Eduardo Rizzo. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I guess the easiest thing to start off with is to say that... the. Uh, you know, to, to compare it to another book uh, that Vertigo put out a couple years ago by uh, Stephen Siegel and yeah. uh, Teddy Christensen. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, called It's a Bird. And uh, that was a Vertigo comic about Superman. Right. And this is a Vertigo comic kind of about Batman. I, I could see how these are those would be companion books to one another. They definitely are, yeah. You, you might say they're the world's finest Vertigo hardcovers. <laughs> you might. 
you wouldn't be entirely wrong. Right? Yeah. 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 It was really good. Yes, it was. It was very good. Uh, yeah. So, so the, uh, it's a bird is about Steven Seagal basically, you know, struggling at a time when, uh, he got offered the chance to write Superman at the time when like he was going through a lot of family issues and medical issues and just trying to figure out like, you know, does he even want to write Superman? Does he even have anything to say? Right. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, just kind of a heartbreaking, you know, true story of his life that just happens to deal with Superman. And, and it, it was great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Definitely check it out. And so this is similar, uh, in that vein, but it definitely comes from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause this is the true story of, of Paul Denny, who is probably most famous for being a writer on Batman, the animated series. Yeah. Uh, he's written an animation for, for many years, uh, but that was like kind of where he gained some notoriety and, uh, he eventually like took that and then like, you know, started writing comics as well. Uh, and then wrote Batman for quite a while right. uh, in the mid 2000s or so. Really good run. People should check out. I've never read those. They're really good. Uh, you know, just a lot of simple, like Done in one stories. Okay. But, but uh, I do like that. Yeah. Uh, but Short also, attention span theater. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, there's also like a pretty good, like, you know, overall story going on where like he reforms the Riddler who sort of becomes like a detective that, that basically just is a thorn in Batman's side because yeah. he's basically being a good guy, but he's also still the Riddler. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's a really good run. Uh, but but uh, the majority of this is uh, takes place when Denny was writing on the Batman show in the early to mid nineties yeah somewhere in there yeah uh, and a lot of it has to do right around the time when they were making Mask of the Phantasm oh, yeah. which we have reviewed on Gutter Trash yeah. uh, so that was probably like ninety two ninety three I'm yeah. guessing uh, and so basically it's just the story of him and, and his life and he kind of you know gives a layout of, of, of who he is and then the kind of person he is he had some some issues he definitely had some issues and uh as john waters would say some female trouble sure uh what would john waters know about female trouble what's <laughs> <laughs> the name of one of his movies okay yeah. uh but yeah, I mean, he is, you know, your classic nerd. Sure. Yeah. He's uh, got his, 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 uh, well, not only is he right Batman, right. That's, that's pretty awesome. Sure. But he's also got like the nerd room of toys and the oh, trinkets. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Like basically he like managed to get a job doing like the thing that he loved the most, like with the character that he loved the most. And then like, you know, spent all his adult life, you know, like, building like a shrine to like toys and action figures and video games and which you know the first part of that sounds great like wow you achieved oh, yeah but then like he's like you know <laughs> but you know we know people who have done that and yeah. we have done that to an extent ourselves oh sure yeah look at all the crap i have here i know right <laughs> you, you've seen my apartment yeah, right <laughs> uh i mean you don't even write for Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you just have your entire apartment is laid out like you have. I do 
Oh, it looks the, like the playhouse. The cherry chairs are very comfortable. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And who is custom made? <laughs> I say it is. It is. Yeah. Like Corinthian leather, which I don't remember being on the show. No, I mean, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, uh, you know, make some adjustments for my own personal yeah, taste. Personalized. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, but no, Paul Denny seems like, you know, on the surface maybe to his coworkers, you know, he's just another writer or whatever. But he's got a lot of he's got a lot of issues going sure. on. Sure. Uh, yeah. Deep rooted psychological things, maybe. Sure, sure. And again, you know, don't we all? Exactly. And and I think that's a thing that works best about this is I think everybody who reads it can probably see a little bit of themselves oh, sure. like in him for sure and and his story uh, I know I did a lot right and a lot of it was 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 not good right yeah. like self sabotaging kind of oh, behavior yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then a lot of the uh, maybe similar luck with with women right you know Maybe not to to the extent of that he had, like, or that he presents in the book, but but you know, yeah, he had some like vapid relationships with yeah, like uh, starlets, so, yeah, like wannabe actresses yeah. that are because he he's a Hollywood sure guy and he sort of knew Spielberg, yeah, and, you know. he worked with Spielberg, yeah, so they all were basically trying to use him as an in, right, you know, which is shitty, it super is, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then it all sort of culminates in like, you know, just a bad date, you know, with, with this one girl that he had been seeing, uh, where, you know, basically like she basically comes right out and like shits on him. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and basically forces him to realize that it's not the relationship he thought it was. Yeah. He kind of thought they were sort of dating and right. She did not. Yeah. Yeah. But she was using him. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, so basically in sort of like a like an almost like a weird revenge type of mentality, he kind of like brushes her off and like, you know, refuses to like you know, have her drive him like home or whatever. And he starts to walk down, down the street after their date, after their later date. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then he is approached by two young men who then beat the ever-loving crap out of him and oh, yeah. threaten to kill him. Right. And uh, take his money. Take his money. And they they uh, they basically yeah they they severely injure him. Uh, oh yeah, they like bash him to the point where there was I think a phrase that said where he mentioned how one of his facial bones had turned into powder. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, that's horrifying. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so basically it's it's uh, the story of him from that point on basically dealing with, you know, that incident and, and just, you know, the sort of the, the, the scarring that that left on him physically and emotionally. Right. And, uh, like, how he dealt with it. Especially as his job is to write about this... A uh, hero that sweeps in at night and saves people who, right. you know, are dealing with like you know muggers and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's uh, he, he kind of lost his uh, his his um, faith in Batman. Basically, yeah. 
and and yeah, that's kind of one of the things throughout the book is that uh, you know he imagines himself having conversations with the characters that he works on, and so basically Batman, Bruce Wayne, and the Joker all keep popping up right. to talk to him, uh, especially the Joker. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was kind of his favorite. Yeah, and like once the the mugging happens, the Joker really takes center stage in his imagination. Uh, basically being the Joker and being, you know, just, just making Paul like more down on himself than he probably would right. be had he not been having those thoughts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like his, you know, little angel and devil on the shoulders, you yeah. know, Batman and Joker. Batman's trying to get him to, uh, pull himself together and right. not be a victim. And yeah. Joker's like, you deserve a, you know, to not have to, you know, work and think just drink and exactly. play video games and yeah and it just sends them on a spiral and you know uh and it's you know also about you know the people in his life who you know affect him you know like the the woman he was on the date with like he calls her first as soon as he gets home after the the beating and like she <laughs> oh, just yeah. like does not give a shit about him no. <laughs> she just proceeds to talk about herself and right. how she's had similar incidents yeah which obviously she hasn't yeah uh but yeah so so it's it's just yeah it's it's just all about that and how he deals with it yeah it's and that's uh it gets not a little dark yeah it is it's not a biographical story featuring batman yeah i love that (laughs) i love that (laughs) thought you might enjoy this yeah no it it's great it's like seriously it's I'm sure it's the best Batman comic I've read in years, right. like years and years and years. Um, and I think it's the first comic I've ever read that has Harley Quinn in it. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it is. I can't remember ever reading one, but wow. she's one of the characters that talks to him because he did a lot of the episodes that. Well, he created. Harley yeah. yeah. Oh, he did create. Yep. Oh, oh. Yep. I probably would have known that if I'd ever read a Harley Quinn book. <laughs> it would have said created by Bill Finger and uh, yeah. Paul Denny. Um, or uh, Bob Cannon. Bob Cannon. Bob Cannon. Yeah. Uh, although I, I think he's written only very few of the actual Harley Quinn comics, though. Right. Uh, I think he just handled her mostly on, on the television. Uh, but even the actress who plays Harley Quinn uh, makes an appearance oh, throughout yeah. the comic. Yeah. As basically his, his one real friend in right. his time of need. Uh, but, like, you know, his sister, like, you know, helps him out a little bit and. You know, he, he deals with his, his bosses at uh, Warner Brother Animation as he basically tries to figure out how to avoid work. Right. Because, you know, again, he just doesn't think that he can write Batman, you know, after experiencing what he experienced. Well, it's funny because uh, there's a scene where, like, right after the mugging, he tries, you know, like, a couple weeks later, he tries to go back to work. And, yeah. he you know, he's on the phone and he's like, I don't think I can write the scene because he was literally supposed to write a scene about Batman, like, saving someone from muggers right. like this yeah. and he's like i can't do that and it, so they gave him like the joker scene to do right. and he says you know that worked better for him because he even mentions how or i think the the joker his figment of imagination of the joker actually mentions he's like you know i was the first toy he ever bought amigo joker and he's like that's right <laughs> so yeah uh yeah, and, and like the whole thing is just gorgeously illustrated. Oh my gosh. 
I don't think I've ever seen better artwork from Eduardo Russo. I don't think I have either. Not uh, not up to this point, anyway. I like. I mean, it has his usual style, but there's yeah. something else like going on. Well, like the first like twenty pages of it are like are all painted. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think I've ever actually seen him do. Like. Oh yeah. Uh, but like, it's also like a little weird and experimental at times. Yeah. And like it'll like he'll also just do like a normal page like with just ink or whatever, but then there'll be like a panel that's like partly painted. Yeah, or, you know, it's just it kind of reminds me of that main thing miniseries we read that Kevin Nolan painted. Oh yeah, like it has that sort of feel to the color. Yeah, I can see that for um, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's super cartoony, but still like right gritty and dark. And like like that scene where realistic. He's, yeah. Oh yeah, like the light and everything when he's at the restaurant with the the lady before right before the mugging. Just the color on that is such a it's amazing. Like yeah. it's like this it kinda is like sickening color, you know? Yeah. Like it just has this tone of like you don't want to be there. Right. It's all like everything's kinda like tannish, orangish and Yeah. But it's oh man, it's so well done. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Such a good comic. Like, you know, just, just, you know, I mean, knowing that, you know, that it actually happened and, and, you know, he's still able to convey, you know, the ordeal he went through without like sensationalizing it and and without, you know, trying to make himself better than, you know, like like some people would try to maybe portray themselves in a slightly better light than, you know. Oh, he definitely comes across as like... You know, I mean, not a shitty guy, but like at, at the beginning of the book, you, you know, he does a lot of things for wrong reasons, and he he mentions it. He's like, yeah. "Here's what I did. It was just stupid." Yeah, I did this, and 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 yeah, just like the way he doesn't quite pick himself up by the bootstraps right away, and he, right. he's just kind of a slug for a while, and yeah. he depicts that really well. And, and you he, know, I mean, I I mean, we, we neither of us have ever had that exact experience, but we've had, you know emotional problems sure. where you know like we didn't pick ourselves up by the bootstraps right. and yeah. like it's it's very relatable oh, like, yeah. like no matter what you've been through like if you're emotionally damaged like it's not just the quick snap of the fingers to no. get better like, right. like you you fuck up a lot it takes a while yeah uh yeah but he he does a great job of, like you said balancing you know, that sort of realistic depiction of what he went through with also um, the things that did get him to overcome it. And, right. and it makes you kind of feel that and like root for him to get out of it. And, it's, exactly. and it doesn't yeah. quite look like he's going to right away. And, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of positivity oh, yeah. in this Absolutely. book too. It's kind of, it's kind of like, kind of, you know, is makes you want to reevaluate some things and, you know. <laughs> Like, especially if you're a creative person and you're like, man, you know, I want, I want to get my, my work out there a little bit more. Right. Yeah. And then that's like, yeah, another part of it too. Cause you know, it is him about, you know, it's about him also not being able to write, which you know, yeah. is his job, but it's also the one thing that he used as, you know, uh, an avenue when he was uh, younger to, to be able to just cope with the world around him. Right. And like, now it's not a thing that he can use anymore to to cope. Sure. Uh, so he's got to refigure out how to do that. And you know, yeah, like 
I'm sure you and I have definitely been in that place as well. You know? Heck yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, it's just very, I don't want to say powerful, but, but it is, you know, very. Oh yeah. There's a lot of emotion yeah, up yeah. and down. Like there's some dark, dark stuff and some really positive stuff too. Yeah. Uh, but, and also like, you know, it's, it's fun at the same time too. You know, just like, you know, when you get to the twist at the end of like, cause he's basically telling this story, like uh, he's pitching the story and that's what the comic is. Right. Uh, but then like at the end you see who he's pitching it to and it's, you know, just, you know, it takes like a turn for the fun. It's still, you know, serious and, and, you know, all about, you know, his coping mechanisms, right. but, you know, it's, it plays, you know, with, with the characters that it has. You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was awesome. Like, uh, yeah, like, like I honestly didn't know exactly what to expect. I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be a much more like violent, visceral, dark kind of thing. Yeah. Just about like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I thought because I knew it was based on a true story. So I knew right. it wasn't going to be like Paul Denny and Batman hanging out, <laughs> like, you know, kicking ass together. Sure. Sure. But I don't, I don't know. I, I just didn't realize exactly what it was going to be. And I liked it uh, so much more than I yeah. expected. Uh, I'm going to ruin for people, my favorite part of the story. Oh, okay. Uh, there is a, a section towards the end when he decides to go back to work and, and he starts, you know, doing things again, uh, where he pitches an episode of Batman oh, yeah. to, to yeah. his uh, story editor. That was awesome. I want to see that cartoon yeah. now. It was cool to see, like, Edward Russo drew it. Oh, drew, yeah. Drew that story. Yeah. I mean, it's only, like, what, five pages? <laughs> Right. Uh, but no, yeah, it's 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 uh, the pitch for an episode of Batman that that he basically just pitched. He like kind of knew that it wouldn't get accepted, but like you know, it was just sort of a cathartic thing. A cathartic thing. Him like dealing with with his mugging like through Batman, you know, right. in a way, and then his ordeal, uh, like taking a, a fantastical route with it. Uh, and yeah, like it just, it's one of those things where like you read it now and you're like, oh man, I really wish that would have happened. Can you imagine? Yeah. It was like, it was, it'd be an episode of Batman the animated series that gets stars death and dream. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, like, I, dude, I think it definitely would have been one of those that like, you know, goes down as like, you know, well, this was one of the best episodes yeah, of that show right. ever, but like, yeah. you know, it's just never going to happen. You know, and it's... I mean, it could now, though, because, I mean, yeah, it could. they were yeah. like, this is too dark. We don't want death on a kid's show. But, right, right. I mean, you know, they could totally do it now, but I don't know what, what vehicle it would be. It wouldn't be on Brave and the Bold. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, that, that's the thing. Uh, I was about to mention this. That there were, there was uh, uh, an episode of Brave and the Bold uh, that Paul Denny wrote uh, that yeah, uh, go listen to the sister podcast, The Viewmasters, huh. where Joe and Joe Grunewald and I reviewed this episode. Uh, but it's basically, it's, I mean, like you watch it and you're like, well, this just had to be like a leftover episode of Batman the Animated Series that they just never got around to making. Right. Uh, but it basically deals with Batman hunting down Joe Chill. 
Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and it is super fucking dark. Really? It is incredibly dark. It's Brave in the Bold? Brave in the Bold. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there there were like one or two like just really really dark episodes of that cartoon, but but that one for sure was written by Paul Denny, and it was just you know like wow this is this is awesome, right? Uh, and like you, you can definitely kind of tell like especially now that I've read this that oh he is definitely tapping into like his dark area there. Well, it's clearly that he has a reason to have oh, a dark yeah. area. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he he. Experienced an ordeal that hopefully none of us ever will. Right. Yeah. I've heard stories, you know, earlier we were talking about the other Dark Knight comic. Right. Uh, I've heard stories about Frank Miller. Right. When he first moved to New York, like, he got mugged, like, three times, like, within his first year living there. Right. And, like, That's horrible. Kind of, like, and I've heard that basically that formed his... His gritty, yeah, like like how his approach to, to Daredevil and and to Batman as well, you know, just that sort of weird, dark, like unrelenting, you know, uh, view of crime that he has. Right. You know, he did kind of become obsessed with crime. Oh yeah, and and uh, some people may say that that also probably was what made him a little unhinged. Right. Yeah, so so it's good to see that Paul Denny did not go into no. that direction. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the Luke Skywalker to uh, Miller's <laughs> Darth Vader. Yeah, because uh, because you know going back to Brave and the Bold, Paul Denny also wrote the final episode of that cartoon, which featured Ambush Bug and Batmite. So <laughs> you know he clearly you know, still maintains a sense of humor. <laughs> Can you imagine Frank Miller's Batmite? <laughs> like, uh, it would just be awful. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, Dark Knight, a true Batman story. It's great. It yeah. really is. It's like a standalone hardcover uh, Vertigo released this year, right? Uh, yeah, a couple months yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I, I read this book, and then I got to the end of it, where there's like you know an about the authors page, <laughs> right? And like Paul Denny has like three lines, yeah. and Eduardo Rizzo has like you know sixteen paragraphs, right. yeah. And Arena was like, why did he get such a long bio? And I was like, oh, wait, because like, the previous 90 pages yeah. were all about uh, right. Denny. Right? <laughs> I thought that was funny too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul Denny should draw a uh, comic <laughs> about Eduardo Rizzo. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Rizzo? How do you pronounce his name? Is it Rizzo? I don't know. I don't know if it's right. Rousseau, 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 or Rousseau, Rousseau, I don't know. Yeah. I know he's uh, Hispanic of some sort. If you're not familiar with his artwork, though, uh, listener, he's he's got like a real cartoony style, but it's like such an awesome um, mastery of black and white. Like, oh, yeah. Like shading. And, like, you can tell he's looked at, you know, equal parts like cartoon and noir. Yeah. Years. He's got... Super cartoony, but super expressive and oh yeah, um, moody. Yeah, uh, and you know, like yeah, he drew you know all of a hundred bullets and, and you know stuff before that, and and I say this in the best way possible. Like he's an artist that, like, I mean, hundred bullets came out in like what ninety eight, ninety nine. 
so almost 20 years at this point. Right. Like, his style hasn't changed. But, like, usually that's like, oh, well, it's because he got old and stagnant. And, but, right. like, with him, it's like, no, he's just perfect and yeah, has right. remained perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's great. And this, this, this does have, like, a stylistic departure for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but you can tell, still tell it's his work. Yeah. It just has, like, an extra layer, like, a more... Especially the color just adds a lot. If anything, I would almost compare it to like a Richard Corbin. Yeah. Where it's right. like, you, you always know that it's him. It always looks the same and it always looks awesome. Yeah. And like, even when he experiments and does different and weird things, sure. it's still 100%. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And I, and I know I told the story, uh, already. But but now that I actually have it here to show you at least, uh, uh, I had Eduardo Rizzo autograph this for me at uh, Cincy Comic Con. Oh yeah, and uh, there it is on the inside cover. I had forgot that that you had him autograph that. I saw that page and I thought it was just printed on there. Nope, that is his autograph. It's perfect. It is meticulous. It took him half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, seriously, it's just like a black page with white lettering. That he, I guess he had a white marker, but yeah. it's perfect. And I, I honestly saw that and thought it was just autographed. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, not autographed, but printed. Yeah, no. Because, yeah, because it totally matches what's on the cover. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think it's funny whenever I read his, his works is because you can always tell a page that he's, like, super proud of because he always signs sign it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I saw he did, because there's a splash page where in the... Uh, in Paul Denny's mind, you know, Batman is like saving him from the yeah. the mugging and it's like a two page splash page and it's awesome. And yeah, I saw he signed that one. <laughs> I was like, hopefully he signed that and then he gave it to Paul Denny. Yeah, that yeah, was, was awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, definitely uh, recommended for sure. Highly. Yeah, seriously. Best Batman comic I've read in years. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, take, a, take an old break here. Yeah. Maybe see if uh, we can get Edna to calm down a little bit. Just a little bit. She's eating, so maybe we'll let her outside for the the second (laughs) half. All right. We'll be back.
Hi, welcome back to Gutter Trash. Hello. We did all the usual things you do when you take a break from recording a podcast. We fed the cat and yeah. uh, passed some gas. Sure, sure. Applied tape to the holes in the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> the usual. Yeah. Like every yeah. podcast does this. I am sure, know. right? Comedy Bang Bang, Never Not Funny, The yeah. Dollop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So how are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling better. I was sick. Um, I was sick, like, basically Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but here we are Monday morning, and I'm feeling uh, my usual 91%. That's, that's all anyone can ask for. So that's a solid B. Uh, B for, plus. For me, it's an A. It's yeah. as high as it gets. Yeah. yeah. 91% is my 100%. Well, for me, it's a solid C plus. This is my <laughs> highest. 77. Yeah. 78. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I've, I've uh, said, uh, if I'm okay, that, that is as good as it gets. <laughs> but, but we had kind of, we had an adventure together. We did, yeah. We, we left the house at the same time. <laughs> that is true. It usually doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. Usually when we hang out, it's because one of us has left the house. <laughs> Today was my turn. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday we both left our houses. I know. It was frightening. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're hiding in my mom's house in her room as she sleeps. We needed uh, we needed the comfort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you know, I. Uh, you know, we we both left the house yesterday. I I left the house on Saturday as well. Yeah, and you didn't but, even come over here? No, it wasn't to you. I didn't even really see you all at all. I didn't see you at all that day. I don't think so, yeah. We communicated once or twice, but, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, so this weekend in Columbus, Ohio was the, uh, CXC, uh, yeah. festival, which stands for a thing that I don't know. It's a cartoon crossroads, and the X is, uh, a symbol of yeah, the crossroads, yeah. 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 <clears throat> Cartoon Crossroads Columbus. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a convention of sorts that uh, started Wednesday night uh, and went through yesterday, which yeah. was Sunday. Yeah, it was more, I'd say it's more of a festival. It's like yeah, a comics yeah. festival. Uh, and they don't have that in the title, but... Because no. it seems to me it's modeled after TCAF, which... Yeah. That acronym stands for Toronto Comic Arts Festival, right? And that's what this reminds me of. I know their their Twitter handle is uh, CXC Festival. So okay, yeah. And I think like their flyers and posters all had festival on it as well. Uh, but I mean, for for the lay person, yeah, you know, like it's it's a comic convention of sorts, right? Just not with your typical comic convention tropes or or. Uh, there's no uh, costume contest. There's no costume contest. There there are no cosplayers. Well, except for Seth was dressed as the Riddler. Well, yeah, there, there was that. He <laughs> just likes to be contrarian. <laughs> Seriously, uh, Canadian cartoonist Seth, or, it looked like he borrowed his wardrobe from this 1966 Batman show when yep. Frank Gorshwin is in a suit. Yep. Because it doesn't have the question marks on it, but it's like head-to-toe green suit. Yes, it is. He was 
pimping. He definitely was. I Straight pimping. Uh, it next. also looked a little oversized, so I'm wondering, did he buy it from the Steve Harvey collection? <laughs> Does Steve Harvey sell his green suits? Uh, I'm sure Steve Harvey has his own line of suits, and, and Steve Harvey himself always wears colorful suits right. that, that are just a little <laughs> bit bigger on him than maybe should be. Right. And, you know, Seth, uh, like, you know, I, I did not see him super up close in person, but, but he does not look like a, a large man at he's all. A, no, he's not. A, he's he a, seems fairly slight. Right. Yeah. But nothing about his work is slight. No, 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 no. He is awesome. Uh, but yeah, so I went up there Saturday, uh, without you. Mm-hmm. And then you were feeling a little bit better and decided that, yeah, I still wanted to go. So, uh, you asked if I would go up there with you again. And of course, right? Why not? Yeah. yeah it's only like an hour's drive from us. Yeah. For us. I mean. And, uh, so yeah, so we went up yesterday and, and, uh, you, you got to experience it for yourself. It was awesome. It, it was, was pretty great. Yeah. It was really cool. It was, it was kind of like, uh, TCAF had a little American baby. <laughs> and, uh, cause <laughs> I, I love TCAF. It's the best show I've ever been to, but I haven't went the last, like at least two years. Very. Um, and I really missed it. And it was awesome to have right in our backyard, basically. Like an equivalent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like the setup of it is, uh, at least for, for this one, uh, like, I don't know how it is in, in Toronto, but, uh, you know, they basically had like four locations throughout downtown Columbus that had like some sort of event going on. Right. Uh, but the main downtown branch of the library had what they called the marketplace, which was basically what you would expect in your sort of typical comic convention. Right. Just rows and rows of comic creators, uh, selling their books and then art and, and sketches and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but you know, these aren't your, your Spider-Man artists or your Batman artists, oh. even though there were a couple of people there who have done that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's mostly, uh, and, and I know, uh, Seth and Ben Catcher would hate me for saying this, but you're, you're alternative comic creators. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The people that you think of more as cartoonists, like yeah. people that write and draw their own stuff as opposed to like, um, yeah, usually like nine times out of 10 people that write and draw their own stuff are like small press usually small press indie yeah. uh, self publishing even right uh, there's definitely a lot of that and, and definitely a lot of uh, you know you and I go to the space show in Columbus as well mm-hmm. uh, where it's it's a lot of just I mean it's the small press and comic expo yeah I, I saw some like a I'd oh, say yeah. I saw like half a dozen people that I, I see rip, uh, exhibit at space yeah. There. But yeah, yeah, a lot of people making many comics and, and just weird art comics and right. stuff like that. But also, like, your bigger names, like like Seth and uh, Ben Catcher and, and uh, Charles Burns. Charles Burns. <laughs> yeah. He was there. Unfortunately, for a we, while. we didn't either one see him. No, yeah. Uh, our, our initial plan was we were both going to go on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, our friend Jeremy uh, was also going to go. Uh, but Jeremy did not want to stay the entire day, which, uh, Charles Burns only appearance at the festival was at like seven thirty at night on Saturday. Well, he is a ghoul. He only comes out at <laughs> night 
You can't <laughs> Apparently. expect. I mean, would you invite Dracula to sign at noon? You know, I would try. Well, that would be the last signing. <laughs> that'd be like, that'd be like inviting Stan Lee to sign when he's ninety-three. <laughs> <laughs> but Charles Burns, I, I imagine he's like, you know, he just like slithers in out of the shadows, <laughs> leaving a trail of slime, and then signs for an hour at night and. Goes right, you know, turns into wispy smoke and sure, he goes out to murder children or whatever he does. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, him like Dracula, I would do my best to like sort of accommodate their needs oh, sure. for a noon, you know, showing, right? Like, like, just make sure they're not in direct sight of a window. Oh, yeah, like have it in the basement, yeah, you know, a dark corner, sure. And the library had a uh, had a like a five level sub uh, parking structure, that's true. So, I mean, it could have happened. <laughs> yeah, I really would have liked to have met him. He's um, so amazing. Oh, yeah. He, he, I think he's definitely, like, in my top five favorite comic illustrators. Right. Uh, and I think his artwork is, like, as close to perfect as you can get. So, so yours is, you know, chap yep. Uh-huh. Uh, um, oh, Who's your second? Well, I mean, I know they're similar, but uh, you know, you got Ron Lim. You got Ron Lim. Well, Ron Lim, sure, yeah, but but also, you know, I mean, you can't forget the work of Merritt Michaels. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Chappie, yeah, Ron Lim, Merritt Michaels, Charles Burns, <laughs> right? Charles Burns is at number five. No, no, okay. no he's a solid number four. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then you round it out with, I'm going to guess, um, I'm trying to think of like just the cream of the cream here. <laughs> I mean, we already said champion. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a... Rotating number five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can never like come you, up with a, a solid right. five. Yeah. Like you read like, you know, issue 30 of Ravage 2099, you're like, okay, it's this guy. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then you read something else, and you're like, oh, maybe it's this guy. Right, right. It's always changing, except for those top four. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, so he was only doing that. And you were sick, so uh, I, I went with Jeremy, who, uh, yeah, he, he was not. Not willing to stay till till like nine o'clock, which I don't understand why not. It's not like he had anything better going on. <laughs> he had to be at work at noon the next day. You can't just <laughs> expect him to be at, out at ten p.m. Still, his video games don't play themselves. Yeah, I mean his roommate wasn't going to be home, so it's, oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe he was scared to be by himself coming coming home alone when oh, there's no one. I don't know. I mean, I would have been with him driving home, you know, like for a good portion of it. He only lives five minutes from my house, right? <laughs> but no, yeah, so we, we unfortunately also did not get to see Charles Burns either. But, uh, but you know, I still had a good time Saturday for the most part, you know, and I met Sergio Argonis. That's all, awesome. which was super awesome. Uh, even though he. Apparently, I had to go to the bathroom as soon as I got to the front of his line. <laughs> you bring in the best out in people. Well, sure. Uh, and then, uh, 
Oh yeah, this is the thing. Uh, so the Charles Burns signing uh, was also with Nate Powell. I cannot think of two more different comic creators. I, I mean, I mean, like I see what you mean when you say that, but at the same time, they both are such like masters of like black and white and shadow. Oh, and yeah. Things, so. I mean, yeah, they're both good, but they're also completely different. Oh yeah. And also, like, you know, we, we described Charles Burns as a slithering slime monster. <laughs> right. And Nate Powell is just, like, the sunniest, happiest person that yeah. has ever existed in he, the world. He is a Pokemon. <laughs> uh, he's amazing. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. such a nice dude and a great artist. Yeah. And and uh, never fails for, like, the last eight years of going to conventions... Every time I see him, he pretends to recognize me. <laughs> he, he, he probably does. <laughs> I mean, he he was on the show once. Yeah, he was. He was, sure. Uh, but, I mean, come on. Right? He, I'm sure he meets a lot of people. Exactly, right? I mean, unless he's just one of those guys that has, like, you know, eidetic memory. He, know, like, he took like, that memory course that you see on, the, right, right, right. Uh, on late night public access. Like, I don't know. I guess if pressed... Like, I, I'm 100% certain, like, he wouldn't know my name. Right. But, uh, yeah, I guess I could see him recognizing my face and just, like, there being that some sort of connection right. there. Maybe he doesn't know our names, but yeah. but he's like, hey, it's those idiots that buy stuff from me. Yeah. That had me on their show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, I saw him Saturday. He was just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. And then, like, yeah, Sunday, like, we both were... Like walking around and he saw us both and he was just like, Hey Yeah. And like it makes you feel good for right. sure, but like there there's just gotta be a part of you that's like he's faking, right? <laughs> I don't know, he seems like a pretty genuine dude. Yeah, oh I'm sure. You know, I mean, I, mean I, I saw him cover uh Children of the Grave at karaoke once. That was amazing. <laughs> that was so amazing. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that he, he's faking out of just sort of like, uh, these two guys again, or like, right. you know, I just have to maybe he's put on his face. It's but like well, a positive thing. Like, yeah, hey, I'm going to make these guys feel good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he's doing it from a place of like genuine friendliness. Right. But, you know, like it just always makes me wonder, like, because <laughs> he always puts across that, that just that level of recognition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's good. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering that, like, earlier in the show, like, I had passed the table and I saw a couple of comics that I was thinking about purchasing for, for our friend, because uh, they're horror comics and he, he always wants us to all be on the lookout for horror comics. Sure. Uh, so I saw them and I was like, oh, hey, you know, I talked to the people at the table. I was like, you know, can I just take a quick photo of this to send to my friend, see if he wants these or not? Yeah, because I don't want to be the asshole that just takes pictures of people's art right. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, yeah, you know, and then like we had like a little conversation and like, you know, I was just like, okay, I'll be back probably for sure. You know, uh, you know, and so I walked away and like, you know, half an hour later I got a message back. It's like, Hey, yeah, pick me up this one. And I'm like, okay. So like I went back to that table and just like no recognition. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> they weren't, they were like, Oh, he's back. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and especially at a convention where you just see so many people, it's, right. it seems like it'd be hard to keep all that in, in order. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, 
It was, like, it definitely wasn't the biggest convention I've ever been to, but but it was crowded, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I gotta say, it was probably one of my favorite convention experiences outside of, like, whenever I've, like, had a table at one. Right. Because it was at a library, and there's just no shortage of places to just go sit it was away a, from people. Yeah, it was very roomy. It yeah. wasn't, like, constantly... Like, there's, you know... Like the little section where all the artists are concentrated, there's right. there's some crowded corners and things, yeah. but you can step away from that at any time. Exactly, and then like you know normal conventions, you can't do that. Right, and and with this one also, like it was free. Yeah, and because like there were like other venues that were having events, like you could just go outside and like walk to one of the other ones yeah. and just get away from like the main hubbub. And just take a breather and, and do something else, but still comic related, and yeah. also not still have to like wear a badge or, or yeah, a bracelet or right. anything. You know, and we did that. We went and saw um, <clears throat> Thomas Virgin host a talk between Ben Catcher and Seth. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, it was like almost two hours long. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, this uh, the art museum, uh, which was Columbus Museum of Art or yeah, whatever. I think something, it's like, something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Museum of Modern Art? Maybe. I think, uh, I think it was MoMA. Yeah. But, uh, uh, it was a couple blocks away from the library. So, like, we parked at the museum and went to that show or to the, the, the talk. Um, you know, first thing when right. we got there. And then, yeah, after it was done, we walked you know, a couple blocks to the library and, and hit the main show. Uh, it, was, it was cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that setup. Yeah, like it was very nice. Uh, and, and because it is, like, in a downtown area, like, you know, nothing is really all that far from each other. Right. And also, like, if you just want to go grab a bite to eat and there's, you know, stuff to eat right. nearby, you know. Uh, and also, like, you know, like, hey, I just want to get away from comic stuff. I'm in an art museum. I can just look at art. Right. Or I'm yeah. in a library. I can just go read a book. Right. It was funny because like for, I mean, especially I was kind of loaded up on cold medicine. So for a second, I kind of thought I was at TCAF. I'm like, I just saw Seth and I'm like, I'm walking to, I'm like, uh, so I like, I kept expecting to see, you know, Tim Hortons instead of Subway (laughs) and like poutine everywhere. But sure. You know, unfortunately it was just dudes (laughs) with Trump signs and McDonald's, but Wendy's. Yeah, Columbus is a Wendy's town. And there's a lot of Wendy's. There's a lot of subways too. Yeah, there's some, but uh, mostly Wendy's because yeah. that's where it started. Yeah. In fact, I think Saturday when Jeremy and I were walking around, we passed the uh, the spot where the very first Wendy's oh, wow. ever was. I thought it was. It in... is a historical landmark. <laughs> is it really? Yes. I thought it was in <laughs> Dublin, which was like near Columbus. Uh, it's actually in Columbus. It is actually okay. in downtown Columbus, at least according to that sign I saw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they bought that sign out of Grub Cell in Dublin. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I know Kinko's started in Columbus, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. FedEx office for your kids. Sure. <laughs> Kinko's to us old tires. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Columbus is, I mean, it does have some history, but it's quickly becoming the modern um, hub of cartoon art, comic yeah. art. I mean, it's home of the Billy Ireland Museum of Cartoon Art. That's the largest collection of comic book artwork on the face of this planet. Yes. 
Which is pretty awesome. It is, and someday I'd like to go. Yeah, we, we I know we kind of tried to go, but by the time we left the convention, we had like maybe 45 minutes. Right. And there was just not really enough time. And, uh, yeah, the we previous were started day, into. Yeah, yeah. And the previous day, Jeremy and I uh, were also, because, yeah, we were up there, and, you know, like I said, he wasn't going to stay the whole night, but, you know, he was like, yeah, I got no problem going to the, you know, the library there. And, you know, like we were, that was our plan. Like, you know, before we headed back to Dayton, we were going to go there and take a look around. Uh, but he was getting a uh, sketch from uh, Brandon Graham. Yeah, yeah, he was an exhibitor there. Yeah, and uh, but but that took a while because because that's the kind of thing that happens. Right. And so by the time like he got his uh, sketchbook back, uh, it was like four o'clock, and by the time we like made it out of the library, it was like a quarter after, and it's just like yeah, we'd only have like a half hour to right look around. I and mean, you could see a lot of cool stuff in half an hour, but, sure. But it would be almost more frustrating because you're like, oh, I want more. I right. Want more. Yeah. So or you're just like rushing through and yeah, you know, like a lap. You're not really seeing. Yeah. You're not really taking it in. So yeah, I definitely want to go when I have you know a couple hours to spend for sure. Yeah, and I haven't been since the current um, rotating exhibit is a little Nemo uh, exhibit by Windsor McKay, and I'm sure that's awesome. Oh yeah. So yeah, we should definitely make it up there sometime. Yeah. Yeah, if listener, if you've never been there, it is amazing, and it's free as well, um, and it's open six days a week. It's closed Mondays, yeah. but that place is awesome. Yeah, yeah. like the, the show itself was, was great. Like It's definitely one of the, the top cons that I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I would definitely go back next year for sure. Uh, Hopefully Charles Burns is there again next year. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to try to keep an eye out to see if he is appearing anywhere right. else. Because I would definitely love to meet him at least once. Well, it is Halloween coming up. That's true. So he, he, he could just be in the shadows yeah, somewhere. Yeah, he's lurking around, <laughs> stealing children. Yeah. Or whatever he does. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I just... Uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that we missed that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Yeah, I actually did see him once. I was standing like 20 feet away from him oh, yeah. at a SPX yeah. in Bethesda, Maryland. But he wasn't exhibiting there or signing. He was just like, I'm just going to a comic convention. Right. I'm Charles Burns. Yeah, I guess you're allowed to do that. Yeah. And it was during the daytime, but it was overcast. Oh, it was it was very yeah. rainy that yeah. day. So the sun was... You know, behind some clouds. So that's yeah, probably... that's a thing I saw like pictures on like Twitter of uh, uh, cartoonist uh, Chris Schweitzer, uh-huh. who I uh, actually met when I went to Heroes in June. Uh, he apparently was at CXC, but uh, oh, really? not exhibiting. Like he just, just... went. Oh, that's awesome. So there are like pictures of him and like Stan Sakai and Sergio Argonas just hanging out and. Like, you know, he's, he's a relatively well-known cartoonist, so I'm sure he, like, went to all the parties or whatever. But, right. You know, like, yeah, he was not actually... That'd be great if we could just show up at cartoonist parties. I know, right? <laughs> just me and you and chap you up in a beer bong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, I... I met Ben Ketcher and he drew a suitcase for me. Oh yeah, that's right. That was awesome. Yeah, because uh, you've got uh, like in a copy of uh, a McSweeney's book with like four hundred like awesome yeah. indie cartoonists in it. Like just about all of my favorites. I mean, not yeah. not all of my favorites, but 
quite a selection of some nice. of the best cartoonists on the planet Earth. And I'm trying to get it signed by all the ones at least that I like. Right. And I've got and that are alive. And that are alive. Yeah. I've got a dozen or so and and uh I was able to get bin catchers at this one, so that was yeah. really cool. And he drew a suitcase and that's awesome. Next to his signature. Yeah. And then uh you, you also got a book signed by Seth, but you already had that book signed by him previously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Seth, I had him sign It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken, which is one of my favorite graphic novels. And he drew a sketch in there and gold pen on a black page. That's awesome. It looks really yeah. neat. Yeah, he's 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 one of the good ones. Yeah. Then our, our friend Nate McDonough was also there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talked to him a little bit. In full effect. Yeah. I read his Minions comic. Uh, he did a... I've, I've never seen Despicable Me, but... Um, there's these characters, I guess, that are beloved by children called the Minions. Uh, I'm aware. And he he did a mini comic about them doing really terrible things, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, I didn't buy too much because, uh, as always, I am poor, and as always, I am really poor. Whenever I wind up going to any comic convention, it just works out that way. Yeah. It? Uh, but I did buy a couple things, and uh, one of the things I bought was a, a mini comic called. Uh, Courtney Kardashian teaches Courtney Kardashian's guide to eating a Kit Kat. Because <laughs> you've always wondered. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, I could uh, use some more efficiency in my life. For today, I think we could apply the fridging uh, phenomenon to him. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, basically, just motivation for our main character. Yeah. Uh, to get some. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I want to see Jay uh, succeed in that area with him. Yeah. Uh, but I have no vested interest in him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If if if, uh, if entire episodes went by that he was not in, yeah. I would not feel bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And also, his name is Eric, and it still also bothers his me. His name is Eric. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> he has no value. Nope. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, and the, uh, the, the Bianca becomes Jay. Yeah. Uh, Jay becomes increasingly paranoid. Uh, Bianca seems to have explanations for every single thing that she's doing. Um, it's, uh, it changes quite a bit over the course of the episode. Uh, first it's that, uh, that she's, well, so she at one point is, is, uh, uh drilling everyone for information about Jay. Uh, and, uh, and, and Jay assumes, oh, well, it's just because she's a stalker and a creep. Um, but then Bianca says that it's because she's trying to help her write her blurb. Uh, oh, because, because there is a, a new blurb opportunity. Yes, the, the, the book is going into a second printing. Yes. Because it's, it's sold, sold out immediately on Amazon.com. Yep. <laughs> Uh, 2004. The, the 200 copy print run sold out immediately. <laughs> did Amazon have a vanity press uh, arm back then? I'm sure they did. Right. They did have an ISBN. <laughs> it was available through Amazon.com. Yeah. Oh, the early 2000s. <laughs> we still didn't know what was happening with the internet. That's true. <laughs> I wouldn't go on Amazon on, on Amazon.com because I would not give them my credit card information. Seriously? That's awesome. <laughs> I don't trust it. Yeah. And now I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I will 
owe you all my debit card number right now. <laughs> I don't think we need to do that. Okay. Then. <laughs> just for time's sake. Just, yeah. yeah you know, just, in the interest of keeping things moving. Yeah, that's fine. Email me if you want it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. We'll talk off air. All right. <laughs> Take this offline. Okay. Uh, um, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, uh, Sharon and Aaron have both agreed to give up five of their words each. Yes. Uh, giving Jay ten more words to, to work with. Yeah. Uh, a total of fifteen words for her blurb. She can write her own blurb. Yeah. She can write it herself. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so, so Bianca is, is, uh, under the guise that she is, uh, helping her write the blurb. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she does. And it is a well written blurb. Yeah. Uh, it also does not fit Jay totally. No, it's total bullshit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Inspires with effortless grace yep. or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't. Nope. Does not apply. Nope. To her, maybe. Maybe. Because she's a creepy stalker. Uh huh. Who is assimilating her identity. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, so this goes on for a little while. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, after, after the blurb thing, actually, I think is when, uh, when Jay finds her van. Yes. Uh, which has a New York license plate, uh, which is what made me realize that the whole parent story was total bullshit. Yep. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so she, she breaks into Bianca's van, uh, and finds basically a shrine to Jay Tyler. Uh, and it's weird. Yep. It is very serial killer like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's got all of her, uh, personal information. She, she took photos of her driver's license and, and all of that stuff. She uh, has, she has a picture of the Tyler family that she could not possibly have <laughs> unless she had broken into somewhere yeah. and stolen it. It's very possible.